<laughs> I'm outside with Mazel Tovs. <laughs> Molotov. Molotov? Mazel Tov is what the Jewish people say. <laughs> Mazel Tov. I'm not even jaded from a relationship. I'm jaded from a fucking psychology class. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? This would be me, like yeah, in was, this very moment. This. If we, this is where we were at before we started communicating. Should I save this one for after? Okay. You already started it. Okay. You can't go back down. Plus, you can edit all this silly stuff out. <laughs> okay. Get all your sillies out. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Just... I thought you were about to sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was about to say hello. Welcome back to another episode of Just Press Warbly. Achoo! Hello, everybody! (laughs) I know I promised you Mariah this week, but that's not going to happen because she's a busy little nugget. What's up, fuckers? Oh, my God. Who invited you back? I know, right? And I smoked again, so we'll see how this goes. Be no one knows you smoked the last time because I didn't. Well, that one hasn't been aired. I didn't. Yeah. So I was like, have... I'm not editing this shit and spending <laughs> hours on it. No. I think I'll be better this time. I, I think this conversation I can I can actually focus on. You're already not better. You interrupted my intro. I was taking a breath. <laughs> I'm not allowed to breathe anymore. Let me put my mask on for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> There's a sheep in here, you guys. This is a podcast for appeasing the masses. <laughs> I, the masses are waking up. <laughs> I think we're going to get a lot of love on that. So how is everybody's week? <laughs> you hold tight for a second. I'm going to do my real intro, okay. okay? And then I will introduce you, and then you can hop in. <laughs> hey, in like two months when I really know my scales, I'll be able to come up with a super cool riff for your intro. I'm excited for that. Me too. I'll take your riffs over your interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's going to be the trick. Maybe once I learn how to play the guitar, I'll just have to have it with me while I play. Before your intro to every sentence. <laughs> May I speak now? <laughs> Here's a little demon fairy. <laughs> hey guys, I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week we want to talk to you guys about love versus lust and... Mm. Bring in a little little bit of love advice from the jaded, <laughs> you and I. <laughs> Highly jaded. The sad part is I'm not even jaded from a relationship. I'm jaded from a fucking psychology class. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Um, God, that's, that's, a, that's a, wow. That's, I would like to talk to the psychology <sighs> teacher because literally fuck the last he, five Okay, he for life. real was the greatest professor, teacher I have ever had. He had his class of 435 students. The class average was an A minus. Oh, wow. Right? He did a phenomenal job teaching everybody to the point where you just, you knew the material because it was based on, so, okay, I guess I should start from the beginning. This, I wish I could remember his name. It was a social psychology class, not a sociology, but a social psychology, the psychology of social dynamics. And we focus specifically on the dyad or relationship between two people. Okay. The amount of emotion that went into this class was unreal. There was one class where he was talking about a relationship that we had 
Um, and it was talking, this was the part of the class where we were talking about long distance relationships and how hard they are to have. And obviously they're getting easier nowadays with FaceTime and stuff. Yeah. But before, like it was like maximum three hours distance that you could actually maintain a long distance relationship of like all the studies and all the data and all the information ever gathered on all of it. Mm-hmm. It was that that was it was so unlikely to succeed. Um, but there was one class where he was talking about the ab- the woman of his dreams. It was his absolute soulmate. They were in absolute, the deepest love, most romantical love you could all you could ever imagine, and something happened, and he broke down in class and had to sit and cry for five minutes uh, because he was still so broken about. When this. had it happened? Uh, I think like five years, six years before, a long oh, wow. time before. Yeah. Um, but he had he had never found anyone else. What happened? Why? I don't remember. He couldn't talk this, about it. No, oh, he talked about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we spent a, we spent an you just hour don't and twenty minutes. I have notes on it somewhere. Ah, I don't. What are you good I don't for? Remember, I know. Well, I haven't. I'm I haven't even thought about this in in ten years because that class just scarred me. I know. On what love was, I thought that love didn't exist. I thought it was something that couldn't happen, and not from that yeah. example. It wasn't from that. It was from the whole class. And I was like, love is just this hallmark bullshit that we've created to get people to spend money and buy each other shit. Yep. Clear the shelves <laughs> for the next season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this is love is just horseshit. Like I understood family love. I understood yeah. agape. Uh, the Greek and Romans had a word for universal love, which is not a romantic love, mm-hmm. but it's the it's love. It's like unconditional. Of, yeah, exactly. It's that unconditional, ever present. It's it's source love. Mm-hmm. I understood that. That made sense to me. Family love, friends love. But romance, that class destroyed it for me. (laughs) Just absolutely annihilated. It didn't help that I was probably also having, I was also probably on my fourth or fifth breakup with my high school sweetheart. Oh, shit. Yeah. We went to college together. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like those back and forth relationships where you break up for two weeks, get back together for two weeks. It would be months. Uh, it's too much. It I was can't too do much. That. We ended up eight. It took eight times. I'm the opposite. I'm like, if we're gonna break up, we're like, no, I'm not well, gonna play it, this. Let's get yeah. back together. Let's not. It was hard because we we're you're on a small college campus, or I mean, not small. It was North Carolina State, so mediums are a pretty big size campus. But we're both in fraternity sororities. Yeah, we both have the same activities, the same friend group, so we would see each other on campus all the fucking time yeah and so you're just like but i but i miss you it's comfy we it's both, comfy yeah. yeah that's the biggest part and she was still deeply in love with me she was pissed and then i ended up not getting back into school <laughs> there, there was a six-month period where i didn't see her i was doing online classes but i was hanging out with one of my fraternity brother's girlfriends her and i became like best friends in the whole world mm-hmm. and we would do everything together and i helped take care of her little pit bull <gasps> Yeah, Athena, I miss her so much. Such a sweet little pity. Little tiny one, too. So it was six months that I didn't see Hannah at all, and then finally moved back to Washington and moved cross country, and that was the definite nail in the coffin. You're like, I'm finally away! (laughs) This is what freedom really feels like? I can't feel your fingertips? What is this? Yeah, exactly. There was no more pole. There was nothing. I I did still hear a lot of stories about her, ironically, because... Her mom was really good friends with my stepmom. Mm-hmm. I actually was better friends with her mom before I even knew her. So do you think there was ever love there for you or is it just all comfort? With her, absolutely. There oh, was. it was high school, first love. Yeah. I love you all forever. We're going to get married. Yeah, it yeah. was It was true high school love. I got that experience. Then I went to college. Well, at least you got that before, before your professor soiled it for you. <laughs> right? And that relationship too. <laughs> 
Yeah. I didn't realize how controlling she was. Little does he was. know it was all relationships from there on. <laughs> I'm joking. God, I'm joking. Like <laughs> no, she was. She became overly controlling, which I, I get it. We spent most of high school just sitting, playing video games, hanging out. We were kind of social outcasts for school. Mm-hmm. But then we got to college and I started becoming more social and I don't think she liked it. Yeah. Um, especially joining a fraternity. She was not happy about that. Well, and you're a flirty kind of social too, just naturally. So if you're not someone who can understand yeah. how to like build conversation around that, it's fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> especially back then when I was a little shit and was even more oblivious to who I was and what I was capable of. Yeah. And high had... school's hard because girls treat it like almost like you're their property, you know? Like, have you seen? There's these stupid videos where girls are like trying to condition their boys on what to say. So I'm going to come up to you like I'm a girl at a party and you're going to tell me what you would say to her. That is so awful. No. So oh awful. Like you're literally just telling that boy run run, run right run. now Red as flag, fast as you can big x get the fuck away yeah don't do that no don't i got do I, that. yeah i got lucky my high school sweetheart was great we had a, we had a blast Good. for the two and a half years at the end of it it just couldn't even go longboarding with my best guy friend oh. she would get mad that sucks yeah that's whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ended it in the worst possible way she what'd you do forever uh <laughs> tailgate weekend well besides besides the time that i showed up to my room forgetting i told her i could she could stay there with my ass signed by strippers from the strip club (laughs) (laughs) that was was good but the last time there was a party it was one of our tailgate parties i ended up staying up to help cook the pig for the tailgate the next morning so she got mad at me for that and then so i didn't get to bed till like three o'clock in the morning and then was up at seven ready to continue helping with the pig mm-hmm. and she's like but i need to get ready da, 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 da. and i was like okay we'll take your time get up get ready i'm gonna go i'll meet you there the girls can drive you they'll give you a ride and she was not having it she was oh, pissed. No. She's like, if you leave we're fucking done i was like all right bye i'll take that guy <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> and i yeah i was still drunk and i got a ride to tailgate at eight and started drinking and drank till i don't know i took a nap at some point woke up (laughs) went back to the house and started drinking and she cleared out everything damn yeah nice she was gone the only thing i missed was driving her car you're terrible you're so terrible well and you know me i'm a big cuddler too so cuddles at night i miss that but other than that that was it just something to cuddle (laughs) (laughs) something that smells nice something that smells nice (laughs) something smells nice and smooth (laughs) Well, when you you know how it is when you're in a relationship for two and a half years, going from that yeah, to it's an empty weird bed, having it's nothing. just like, like even that night you slept in here, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Something feels funny. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't right. What is this lonely space? <laughs> <laughs> when, when did we get a big bed? <laughs> Has it always been this big? It's always been this big? I don't remember. That's funny. <laughs> I got really lucky in high school. My first boyfriend was so sweet, so sweet, always with everything. I'd have surprises in my locker. He'd make me brownies, like oh, bring me balloons. Cute. Wow. Yeah, like wow. spoiled Damn. fucking Bar was set lucky high for me, and I dropped. Dude, it. no, you have no idea. So I had no idea how lucky I had it. And then on, so we started dating freshman year, and then of course my home life got crazy. And then my mom drops the ball on my 16th birthday that we're moving up here to Washington. And that was basically just the snow snowball of my self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. 
literally had no idea how good I had it and just let me just flush everything in my life down the toilet right now all of it I'm gonna get emancipated and just throw it all down there fuck it all let's see where I end up in 10 years here I am <laughs> love advice from the jaded <laughs> oh actually it gets even better guess who he's dating now oh who my brother's older cousin Basically, I used to sit. Basically, you can't say names on here. Oh yeah. Basically, I used to cut it out. We're not lying. Shut the fuck up. Basically, I used to babysit. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I used to babysit her, and now they're dating. (laughs) Oof. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 an age gap right there. (laughs) That's life for you, I guess. Damn. I don't care about the age gap, but I'm like, really, there's like. Millions birthdays. of women. No, there's birthday celebrations where the two of you are probably in the same photo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> where he might like be they're gonna you. they're gonna pop up one day and you're gonna be like, "Is that you? Holy oh, shit! I look like a child because you were a child then." Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic. No, it's not. I wish I could be there to see the look on their faces. Seeing those photos, yeah, just like <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside with Mazel Tovs. <laughs> Molotov. Molotov? Mazel Tov is what the Jewish people say. <laughs> Mazel Tov. It's like, a, I think it's a, like, a, like a cheese. <laughs> You're thinking of a Molotov cocktail. Yes. Mazel Tov cocktail. Someone say Manchego. <laughs> Cheese? Cheese? Where? I love cheese. Cheers! <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> that was great. Um, so, I've always found your your view on psychology totally fucking you very interesting. Do you think that would be something that's always, like, your mindset? I don't know. I, I feel like I've almost been tainted by information. And I have to... I'd I, agree with that. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a lot that I have to unlearn about everything in life a lot and i don't even i don't think and it's, the worst part is i don't really know what it is i need to unlearn but i know it's there i think you're a very logical person and i think you like to stick to the extreme sides of things i'm trying not to as much anymore i think if but... you kind of were just like cool i have this knowledge and just like trusted yourself then you'd be just <laughs> fine <laughs> i don't know i think the information is that the information changes every like three or four years because we're always learning so i try and keep up then i go back to old ways and new ways and i just confuse myself and i don't learn my own way i think you've just like paralyzed yourself with information you just need yeah. to like chill and take a walk in it <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like the only like i want to but it's so scattered i'd have to i have to go and collect it all it's gonna take a lot of time <laughs> Like it's all just kind of floating around. That's what I'm saying, Because like you know how Sherlock Holmes has his mind, his mind castle. Yeah. He knows where everything is. I have that same thing, but it's like our house. Everything's in its home, but its home has moved so many times that I don't know which home is where and what items are in which homes. But that's because you keep moving it around because you think you need to organize it better so that you can live in it better. When really, if you just lived in it better, (laughs) (laughs) you would know where everything was because you'd stop moving it. It's amazing how our physical reality is similar to our... I got a psychology class that'll fuck you up. You're right. (laughs) I will say, I think one of the most important things I learned from psychology is that no one ever really has a mental disorder. They choose to have it. For the most part. There's a a few exceptions, but for the most part. I'd agree with that. 
I think they also grow and develop the more energy you put into them. So 100%. Some just manifest physically and some manifest through your nerves and your brain tissues. (laughs) In ways you cannot control. Yeah. (laughs) Until it's too late and you're like, oh, Oh, shit. shit. (laughs) I was supposed to heal that and I didn't. But the cool (laughs) thing is you truly can heal anything. But it just comes down to mindset and fortitude and... Consistency. Yeah. Have you learned anything from our time together? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Communicate how you're feeling early and often in a way that doesn't attack the other person. I don't know. I think I had to learn how to do that through you, though. Because I would have never learned how to communicate how I'm feeling if you hadn't been like, hey, fucker, tell me how you're fucking feeling. Yeah. Well, and you really enjoy pretending like you don't have feelings and people just accept that. And because it's like everyone's first well, response. Well, it's not that I don't have feelings. It's that a lot of people only see me as happy. No, it's that when people ask you things, you give them a fake response for your first response. And people's first responses usually aren't their true, genuine answers. And I just see through your bullshit. Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, motherfucker. <laughs> This little this little tornado you got going on over here is affecting me. Okay, <laughs> what's up? A little debris hitting me and it's annoying. I'm about to throw a chair in your tornado. <laughs> Incoming. <laughs> I've definitely learned communication through our relationship a lot as well. I think mostly because when we met. I definitely wasn't looking for anything serious and you completely invaded all my space, even though I let you. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, you you offered. I offered and we had fun. Well, we still have fun, but. uh... (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna lie. (laughs) It was a rough day. We've been having fun the last couple of weeks. Yeah. No, it's fun. Like, we're always friends. Today's a rough day, but that's on me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pop pants this morning. (laughs) Feisty. (laughs) <laughs> i did take your comment way too personally I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. i i i will take that i am a blunt sarcastic shit and i know that sometimes it comes off a bit aggressive yeah whether it's honest or not mm, debatable uh, yeah perspective <laughs> that's that's the word i'm gonna throw out for that perspective <laughs> y'all can come up with whatever conclusions you want from that word <laughs> oh remind me for our for our christmas special that we do i want to i want to do the the word the year of the word thing word Word of of the the year year. okay cool sorry thinking of your word or words um i was going somewhere with that and you stopped me yep i do that (laughs) oh i was gonna say so before i met you i had just come out of an extremely abusive relationship and then i came out of well you were kind of you he was still at your place no, this is the one after. So I was in an extremely abusive oh, yeah. relationship. And then my relationship afterwards, that wasn't an abusive relationship at all. No, but just... I had basically completely devoted myself to helping them grow their business aspirations to the point where I basically had depleted my finances trying to make that happen. And it was just kind of like pouring into someone else's dream, which I totally love and supported, but it wasn't mine. Right. You know, so then after that, then I meet you <laughs> and I'm like, cool, this is just gonna be fun for the summer. And like, here we are five years later. <laughs> right. You even, you even wanted to leave multiple times, but somehow convinced you to stay. I don't know what forces have convinced me, but regardless, I've learned a lot of communication. I've learned a lot. I don't regret anything. And the nice thing about living with someone who 
Like we we respect each other learning what the fuck we need to figure out. And even though like our words aren't great. (laughs) (laughs) Words are terrible. Yeah, our words are terrible, (laughs) but at least, you know, we hold the space like for figuring it out. Yeah. Even if we come back and the words are still like slightly not as terrible, but still terrible. Today is the first day I've actually like sat and and actually felt like I held space for you. It It took a while, but when we were sitting on the couch. I actually had those thoughts go through my head and I actually sat there and just like had no thoughts, but just... Well, because you like immediately like jumped on me this morning. I'm like, shit. Like, I know I was, I was a sassy comment, but like, fuck. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't, what was funny? Those were ninja sitting, stars was, you just was, threw at me. Yeah, I was sitting in the shower and I was like, what even fucking triggered that? Right? I'm like, I threw like, a tomato and from? you threw ninja stars. That's what happened. No, you threw a tomato. I threw the whole case. You threw ninja stars. Well, it wasn't that sharp. <laughs> I've learned to, for one, not, my abusive relationship taught me not to take things personally because I know it's not me. So I think that I actually do that pretty well with you when you throw your very, tantrums. Very well. I basically am just kind of like, cool, well, that's your fit. I'm going to go yeah, much, do something. Much better than me. But I wonder if sometimes that makes you more mad. Absolutely. <laughs> of course it does. Because I'm not playing along. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Play my game. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what got me beat before is I would play the game. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's why now I'm like, nope, no. I'm not engaging in any of this shit. Yeah, I, would, I would never get there. I'll break things. No, I know. I, know. I, would, I just want our listeners to know that I would never. <laughs> oh, no, I know. That was a one-time <laughs> occurrence in my life. It shocked me as well. I did not stay long. <laughs> yeah. Putting hands on a woman is just not okay. It's not I... okay. And ever since that, whenever, even when I'm walking down the street, if I hear, like, if I hear men being overly aggressive to women, I'm one of the first one who's like, back the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I'm little, but I'm fucking here for this chick. Nope. <laughs> my, my mom and I got in a fight once, and she thought I was going to hit her. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't. I did pick her up and move her. She was blocking the door, and I wanted to I could leave. never imagine you hitting your sweet little mom. No, I could never hit mom. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I would never forgive myself. I honestly couldn't imagine you like hitting anyone, really. I've I've been in a couple fights, but I don't I don't fight fair. I fight to win. <laughs> I, I feel really like you fight. I, I feel like you fight as in I've like done. no, just don't fucking touch me. Like, yeah, that's how you're I'm gonna end don't it fast. Touch me. I'm gonna end it quick, and I'll, I'll play dirty. <laughs> We're going to war. One of us is is going to the hospital or dying today, and it's not going to be me. I don't have time for this shit. And I'll end it quick too, because I don't I don't I don't want to. I would love to learn martial arts so I can control myself better and, and mitigate situations better, but in the meantime, I, I just have I just play crazy card. <laughs> <laughs> like my little brother. I just threw my arms out like a helicopter and I spun around like a crazy man. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to fight a crazy person? You don't they're unprotected. Wow, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. Um, Actually my first move I fought someone, I'd probably kick him square in the balls. No, so that's how dirty I'd fight. My when I was in high school, this Balls, girl throat punch. This girl was threatening to have me jumped, and m- mom kept telling me, "Just punch him in the throat. They'll go down like a sack of potatoes." <laughs> <laughs> mom would. That's great. No, but for real though, that that's it's really it's real. It is, <laughs> and they can't yell either, so nobody's gonna hear you. There's <laughs> like what? It's a fucking stealth move. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> The one time that I did get jumped, I didn't do that. I ended up sticking my fingers in her eye sockets. That's highly effective also. <laughs> People tend to like their eyes. Like, in my defense, my hair was so long, I couldn't, I could hardly reach her, because... That's the one, that's the one 
reason I miss having short hair is if you ever get in a fight, you don't have to worry about it. My grandpa told me to cut my hair. My my grandpa knows things and doesn't tell me he knows things, and he'll make little comments. And if I don't listen, I'm fucked. Yeah. And he made the comment of that I should cut my hair, and I just blew it off. And then, of course, the next week I get jumped, and I'm like, I should have cut my hair. Because that's the only reason that I couldn't reach anyone. And that's that three inches that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah, it's my. it was longer than my arm length, so I was fucked. Yep. that's it game over had two black eyes a swollen Uh, head like it was awful it was so awful i got well i didn't get jumped i don't know what happened we threw a house party this is when i lived in newcastle bunch of randoms came over and my laptop ended up getting stolen so i went around doing backpack checks and of course i found the people did it and they wouldn't show their backpack and so we started fighting in the house and everybody broke up the fight and i was walking away and i don't know if somebody punched me or if they threw a salt shaker at me because i found a salt shaker on the ground is that the gash um, you have in your head? It's the scar I have <laughs> in the back of my head. Things split open. Yeah, I had it's, it was so stupid. I was so upset. I'm like, you're such a little bitch. You throw a side I had shaker. I had my computer stolen by one of my good friends in high school. It was her her boyfriend who stole it. Actually, I think he was actually pretty abusive to her, but she didn't really tell us. We just like kind of caught a small little hint of it, especially yeah. that night. Um, but I never got my computer back, which sucked because, like, she was a good friend. I liked her a lot. Just, but then after that, I was like, dude, like, how could you invite him over here knowing that he's shady like that? Right. Why are you putting us at risk? Yeah. And if and if he's, like, already treating you like shit, like, I don't know. All of it just rubbed it me the wrong way. It doesn't way. make any sense. If I was in an abusive relationship, and this is totally hypothetical, but if I was a female in an abusive relationship, I would not want to go anywhere. I would not. I would have friends and I would not bring my boyfriend anywhere around them when i was in that situation i isolated i completely isolated mostly just because i was scared of letting everyone anyone else being affected yeah because people who are abusive like that you never know they're fucking crazy they might show up at other people's houses they're fucking unpredictable yeah it's just it's it's not a safe situation that's why i believe in our second amendment yeah ladies learn how to fire a gun and control a gun and have a gun with you because Gun's more powerful than a fist. <laughs> Dude, I got to the point, like, you know me, I'm feisty, but I yeah. was someone who was just, like, sack of potatoes. I'm like, I'm not moving. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I move, I might die. Yeah. Well, it's different when you're, when you're going against an opponent that's twice your size and twice your weight. And, you know, that's, that's a whole different situation. Like, if I get in a fight, usually it's going to be pretty even, and that's, that's different. But when you're just... Especially you, you're tiny. You're a little itty bitty. So I like, mean, I'm strong, but I'm still tiny. You can be as strong as you want for how little you are. You're still little. <laughs> still get slingshot. Yeah. Dude, relationships are hard. I do think that communication has been the one thing that's changed everything in how I feel about myself in the relationship, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do feel bad for being overly blunt to you, but at the same time in doing that, I'm, I don't regret being overly blunt because it's like, if I didn't, then I didn't speak my truth, if that makes sense. absolutely. My bluntness is a hard lot to deal with. Well, I I am not as blunt as you are. I I have my moments of bluntness, but I I definitely have learned how to have to communicate more because I've never really been in a relationship other than my high school sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Well, then after that, I moved out here. We pretty much just played video games and hung out. And then... There's girls who like that. 
Yeah, but you can't meet any of them when you don't leave the house ever. This was before. This was like this was God. This was almost. This is a decade ago. Damn. So streaming wasn't as big back then. That was when I first moved out here. But I, I still didn't really have my confidence. Mm-hmm. Once I met, everything changed. Then I just became a little fuckboy. You're a pretty white boy. Why aren't you confident? I'm like, I don't know. I never saw it like that. He's like, Yep, you're a pretty white boy. let's go we're gonna go play and we went and played in the world and we basically raised each other and 22 to 25 so three three like crucial years of our growth and development of life him and i just ran rampant and smoked weed and did drugs and fucked girls and but you can but it's the difference between wanting to make the relationship work and and just kind of being like well i'm stuck in this situation it's almost like the obsession of being caught up in the self-sabotage because i'm a pisces too so i know what that feels like like craving the adventure craving the wanting to be out like craving attention you know right so i get that and a lot of times if you're in a relationship like the one that he was in where half of it's kind of I don't want to say manipulating, but I feel like it was partly manipulating. Then you're craving going out and filling all of those voids with all of the adventure and stuff. Yeah. You know? It's funny how life you throws you curveballs, though. Like, I feel like with this situation, it's totally out of the blue, but it's probably what he needs. Yeah, and that's, I think, I hope he learns to trust the universe and trust what's going on in his life and step up to the plate. That's the biggest thing is I feel like too many times people try to fight the path that's coming at them and they're like, no, this isn't what I wanted or I would rather it be this way, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of the times if you just chill and sit and you're just like, oh shit, okay, this is what's happening right now. Let's just keep sifting the waters, <laughs> you know, and then, and then you get to see your destination once you're, once you're there, but it's the destination that's meant for you. It's not a destination that you manipulated. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what I love about our relationship is it's been so organic and so natural and it's just like, it is a relationship that was meant to be and that was meant, that's meant to happen. In a dynamic of some sort. Yeah, there's, I mean, obviously there's some romance there. There's not a lot of romance, but there's definitely sexual attraction. There's definitely physical attraction. There's mental attraction. We both have very similar mindsets. Very similar intelligence levels. Mm-hmm. Very similar interests in terms of kind of like life perspective and what we want out of life and where we're going out of life. Both have more of a business mindset. We definitely both doesn't fit in the little box that society yeah. <laughs> gave to us. And you're, you're a sane person, unlike most People from Washington. I'm sane? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're crazy in all the right ways, but you're sane in terms of like, you have common sense. You understand the dynamics of life and how it's supposed to be, not what society tells us it's supposed to be. I think I'm also not afraid of my insanity. Instead, I'm friends with my insanity, so I understand it. And I'm not like, oh, here's my manic. Yeah. Like, it's like... (laughs) It's like, hey, I'm feisty today. I'm like, it's just what it is. It's me. Hey. <laughs> what has taught me to just kind of go with the flow and has taught me to have more of that feminine energy. Like, oh, okay, so he's upset today. Yeah. That's fine. Well, it's kind of nice too because it's like a lot of people, like everything we went through over this summer, a lot of people would just go to the extremes of like, okay, we need to get the fuck out of this house. This is mine. This is yours. Go. Like, right. hard split. Everything just be you know done and at least this way we're still 
there's still like space for us to be individuals, but also not hinder ourselves financially in the middle of a pandemic just because you know that would be the biggest emotional decision to make to just split and try and make it on our own with no jobs no income three dogs it just yeah where it's like sitting and having to be around the communication and still growth have a good like civil home life (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because we get along great as best friends and then the relationship parts just what fucks things up but yeah (laughs) dynamic shall we get into some questions questions. let's get into some questions question time here's the questions they never fail when they come i want to answer questions my boyfriend don't want to have sex with me and i don't know what to do my boyfriend don't (laughs) my boyfriend don't want to have sex with me my boyfriend male 36 and me female 30 have been together for over a year and sex has always been a little ruled by him once a week only and he had a hard time coming most of the time just about coming home just about to like coming home um like coming home <laughs> <laughs> now with the pandemic he has been working at home since march of that year this year God, this is gonna be really hard for me you guys my mom was an english teacher and grammar's been implanted in my brain hmm. like a weed uh, or like more like a mushroom colony that's colonized my whole brain so bear with me. You might you might hear some anxiety and some correcting come out. He has not been well and sex has become more difficult. And today we have exactly three months without having sex. The only time he was encouraged to try was three weeks ago. And that even so, the erection did not last to have a penetration. I tried to calm him down and said that everything is fine. He told me things like he feels bad working at home without seeing anyone. And that his anxiety is higher than normal and that the only simple thing in his life is our relationship, but the rest is not well. And since that conversation, I can't look in the mirror because I think the problem is me, that I'm not pretty enough, good enough, that I'm stinking or doing something wrong so he doesn't accept any sexual incitement. We already talked about doing therapy, but he refuses and I don't know what else to do. I honestly think he doesn't love me and is waiting for the pandemic to pass to end the relationship. I love him, but I feel I'm feeling destroyed and I feel completely confused. He asked for marry him, but no ring. It's really hurting and confusing. I don't know what to do. I, I'm going to break this down and, and break it down real simply. Communicate. You know, what's funny is I was going to say, had I not communicated, this would be me. This, like was, in this very moment. This. If we, this is where we were at before we started communicating. We were having less sex. We were still having sex, but it was left off in... We were more. Distant. I mean, there were chunks of of time in our relationship where, like, we like. I don't think you engaged with me for like. They were like solid chunks of time. Yeah, but we learned how to communicate. So that's that's boil it down communication. Um, that's really poopy. I think he. I think he. I don't think it has anything. It definitely has nothing to do with her. He's got some emotional trauma or some kind of trauma that he hasn't taken time to deal with. And yeah, I mean, worked. is that what you were going through when all of that was happening with us? like emotional yeah oh absolutely i i hated myself i threw out my back i felt absolutely useless it made me sit there and think about all the things i hadn't done over the years and it put me in a downward spiral such a negative effect of just absolutely hating myself and i mean that that rabbit hole just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and you go back further and further in time and your your mind because you're focusing on it your mind picks out more memories and finds more memories for you to leech onto, and it's just 
Yeah. And then being the woman in that situation, you think that all of it's you and then resentment starts. And then once Mm -hmm. the resentment starts, then you start picking at things that they're doing even more. And then that's going to send you even further down your little rabbit hole. And it just creates this tornado, this upside down tornado spiral out of control where you both are just in this funk because neither of you are communicating how you're feeling or what you're actually thinking. And when you do, you do it in a way that's either attacking the other person or doesn't calmly communicate what you're going through or you may not know how to express it but if that's the case you need to communicate that too you mm-hmm. need to communicate hey i i don't know what's going on with me right now something weird's going on i'm i'm sad i'm upset i'm this i'm that i don't know why i need this amount of time to figure it out it could be a but it's like hours. saying that alone is so helpful because someone hearing that like you can resonate with that like if any friend or anyone came up to me and said that i would be like oh absolutely yeah I totally like i know that. there's no words i can give you right now just but with, I can say thank you for communicating that. Exactly. With me. Let exactly. Me, let me know when you're ready and I'm here for you. I feel like a lot of times people think they need to have the answers when they're communicating, but no, it's literally just as simple as saying, I'm I'm fucking sad. Like <laughs> Yeah. Give me a day, give me two days. Yeah, I'm gonna build a four, I'll see you in a week. Like <laughs> Yeah, what whatever it is. You know, some people are more fortunate, they have the finances and maybe you can take off and go spend a week in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have that privilege. We don't have that. And so for us it's like all right, well, give me an hour to go on a, or give me a day to go on a hike or something like that. I, I highly advise if you're in a funk like that, get out in nature, breathe some fresh air, mm-hmm. walk around, get the blood flowing, get your brain thinking mm-hmm. and, and use it. Use your brain and don't think about yourself because I get caught in the trap all the time of just thinking about myself. Think of the other person, how they're feeling, why they could be feeling that way. I, I've started in the car. I, I haven't really been doing it because I haven't, I've been a lot better with my anger in the car lately, I feel like. Road rage? Yeah. I feel like I've had a lot less because I started thinking of like, all right, well, what are three other reasons why that person could be driving that way? Oh, yeah. Instead of just being like, you fucking idiot. You fucking suck at driving. Oh, you got your mask on and you're halfway suffocating while you're driving alone in the car. I understand now. (laughs) Oh, you can't breathe. You're losing losing oxygen to your brain. You're You're slowly fading. Oh, you're texting. Get off your fucking phone. (laughs) Oh, you're just old. Okay. There's so many other reasons. Oh, you have a kid that's distracting you in the back. Yeah, just realizing other people have their own shit. Yeah. I think the worst thing you can do is take it personal in that situation and assume it's you because it's most definitely not you. And you taking it personal. Like, I feel like the moments I have taken it personal when you were feeling that way, it almost made it so much worse because you were just like, well, great. Now I'm making you feel this way. Now I'm even bigger piece of shit. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? And also don't assume the negative. If you assume the negative, you're going to come off the wrong way. Yeah, go your tonality is going to go into it with an open mind and with with out of curiosity than judgment. Yeah, curiosity and compassion. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's really, really fucking hard to do. If you need like an hour to gather yourself to be able to do it, take that time because it's it's not an easy feat. It's so much easier to go in there and just blah. <laughs> take a breath first. Like, don't take a breath and let your words come out. Like, take ten breaths. Yeah, take some actual like my, breathing my breaths and then. Do that. I don't know if I don't remember if my mom made her and it would force her to stop and breathe. My but... mom, my mom would always call my grandpa when she was mad at me and like didn't know what to do. So it'd be like a you deal with her kind of moment. Yeah. And first thing every time he would just count with me on the phone, count back from like didn't even matter the situation. He's yep. just like, all right. Start at 10. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. So some of the comments said sex issues in my experience are rarely about sex. And I agree with that. 
It's never about sex. No, it's it's always something else. It's something in the relationship. Whether it was a comment made earlier the day, it's how that person made you feel in a certain situation. It's lack of communication, lack of connection. Mm-hmm. Even with like men who have erectile dysfunction, I think that goes towards like lack of connection, lack of communication. Huge, I think people discredit how much that has something to do with it. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. From there, they have to figure out what trauma is creating that in them. Ooh, this one's going to be a trigger one. I'm sorry. But it'll be good things to talk about. So we put like a cool sound effect in there. Sure. Cool. I don't know what it's gonna be, but I think that would be cool to have like a warning, like a. Oh my god. Warning. Or something like that. Maybe something a little more gentle, but. Was... Yeah. You're about to be triggered. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> Bing. Trigger moment. (laughs) (laughs) Triggering on aisle now. (laughs) Okay, sorry. This is no laughing matter, okay? Sorry, serious moment. Okay, so this is a family secret, okay? Okay. Um, They actually titled this one, Reveal a Family Secret or Continue the Cycle. So it says, my mom was molested as a young child by her uncle. This uncle is married to her mom's sister. The sisters are very close. My dad revealed this to me when I was very young. And my mom recently started talking to me about it. The thing is, no one knows about it except for my grandma, mom, her sisters, me, my dad, and my husband. That's a lot of people who fucking know about it. Growing up, this piece of shit was around all the time. Me and my cousins were exposed to a child molester, possible rapist. I don't know details. I went to a family party and he was there. He had the nerve to stand within two feet of my two-year-old daughter I almost told him something, but I didn't want to cause a scene, so I gave him so I gave him the look. I've been giving him this look of pure hate and disgust every time I see him since I found out from my dad what he did to my mom. This man has many children, many grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren. Everyone in their family is very close. They seem like good people. They're religious. I see them living great lives while, while I have to hold this secret and see my mom struggle so much. My mom has my mom has schizoaffective disorder. It's a new one. Okay. My, I, I would assume it's like a mild version of schizophrenia where you're not you you don't necessarily hear voices, but you probably have paranoia. like moments. Okay. Schizoaffective disorder is a thought disorder that includes both psychotic features and mood symptoms that may be either depressive or manic in presentation. Psychotic and mood symptoms may occur together or at different times. Psychoaffective disorder is diagnosed in fewer people than it is schizophrenia. Yeah, see, I think this all of these disorders, I think, go back to not dealing with traumas. Yeah, so this says, while at least two primary criteria for schizophrenia must be present, an important distinction is that people with schizoaffective disorder are more functional in terms of self-care and in their ability to interact with others. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so it says, my belief is that her abuse triggered it in the first place and also made her vulnerable to other abusers. Her abuse and keeping it a secret has definitely weighed heavily on her. When she found out she was pregnant with a daughter, me, she had her first mental breakdown. Now she has many triggers. She met and married my dad when she was 20. He was 30. He's a narcissist who has only made her life worse. Seeing her life crumble to pieces only makes me hate her abuser more. I've tried getting her to go to therapy, but she won't. She refuses to take her meds sometimes, and that obviously makes things worse. She won't even cut off that side of the family because she's best friends with one of the daughters. 
My grandma still invites him into her house. This situation is so fucked up. I want to reveal the secret. I want to expose him. I'm so tired of holding it. I'm so tired for my mom. If you see his face, if I see his face again, I might explode. The thing is, this is not my story to tell. I would harm so many people. It would break the family apart. It's not fair. They get to live blissfully unaware while my family holds the secret and struggles. What would you do? I'd cut everybody off. Yeah, I, 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 I would probably expose them and be them. like, if you can't be my, if you can't continue to be my family after I expose this shit, you don't deserve to be in my life. Here's the thing that's funny. If you look at this as in like a metaphor to what we're going through in life right now, the situation with the voting system and everyone before, hold on, everyone before being like, oh, like if I ask any of my grandparents, I ask anyone of an older generation two years ago, if I would have asked them how they feel about election fraud, it'd be a commonality. It'd be, like, a funny thing they laugh at. Oh, we all know that that... We all know. We all know, like, yeah, our vote matters, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We've, we've even you, known that for Exactly. Years, but yeah. what I'm saying is you can ask basically everyone, and that's the answer that you will get. Oh, we've always known, but we don't do anything about it. We don't say anything about it. We just let it be. We're complacent. Where are we at? This shit fucking sucks. So I'm sorry, I understand, like, in this story, someone commented, you don't ever expose him unless the victim wants you to. I understand that. But at the same time, this is someone who has essentially manipulated his entire family and also bleeding into other families. There's so much manipulation going on that it's no longer about you exposing or... or making the victim relive any of that trauma what's happening is you're having a a family cycle continuously continue and no one is ever gonna say anything because there was never that one person who's like you're fucked up you are fucked up i'm gonna shine the light on your dark corner yeah you need to be exposed because our family needs to heal how many young men in that family are gonna grow up watching his behavior watching him molest those girls thinking that it's okay for him to do that too. Or getting molested themselves. And he will get away with it. Yeah. Or she will get away with it. It's it's high time that we we shine the light in all the dark corners. And that's and you're so right. The the political the political world right now is a giant macro version of what's going on in this story. We have been abused and punished by the Democratic Party or well, by our government in general for decades. We're well, still yeah, just be- laying here. Yeah, because we've been abused for so long that it's and you don't feel like you have a way out of it because you feel like there's no hope. Yeah. Until we finally have change going around and now everything's up in the air and things are being declassified and things are happening politically and governmentally and through big tech and big pharma. And, you know, there's just so much upheaval right now. But I think the upheaval is good because the upheaval clears space for things that need to be new and changed. It's very good. Need to be new and changed. And so in this story, someone's saying you don't expose unless the victim wants you to. But the thing is, is nothing of this family dynamic is going to change until that upheaval happens. It's not going to be pretty, but it's going to change everything for generations to come. And it's going to make your family so much stronger. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a tough situation to be in. And every situation is different. Like, obviously, if, like we were talking about earlier, like being in abusive type situations, you don't want to put anyone in danger by exposing anything. But you do run the risk of letting it just continue. I mean, the worst thing that happens is you try and expose them. Nobody believes you and you just, all right, cut your family out. Be like, all right, you guys don't want to see the truth. I'm not going to stick around to be around it. Yeah, and I mean, if it were me in this situation and I didn't want to expose them, my kids for damn sure are going to know 
proper terminology of all their body parts and how to properly say no get the fuck away from me like oh on, on top of that i would move away yeah i just would remove my family from that situation like if you guys don't want to see it that's fine but i'm not going to put my family in harm i'm still going to educate my family yeah but if i know that's going on i'm not going to put my family well and in it's like situation. if all of you want to pretend like you're not seeing it don't expect me to sit here and pretend like i'm not seeing it too yeah I will, I will go somewhere else and hopefully a few of you else wake up when i'm not around but no my family will not be in that situation yeah. And it's sad because a lot of these tight knit religious families, this is the stuff that goes yeah. on and people are just so hush hush about Especially it. Especially in the in the Catholic community. Especially the Roman Church has done a terrible job of setting the example for what's appropriate and not appropriate. Yeah. Conversation for another podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to keep politics out of it. It's not politics, it's religion. I feel like they say don't mesh the two because they don't want us to realize that they've meshed the two. Ugh. I didn't say nothing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I am really struggling with comparison, feelings of competition, envy, and resentment. Someone help! I'm really struggling with comparison, envy, and resentment. Someone help. There's this woman who is exact. Well, it says it twice, so I have to... I'm, I won't read it again. There's this woman who is exactly my age. She's hated me ever since we were young, age Help! 10, when I accidentally let it slip to my parents that she was cutting herself and it got around to me. No, fucking good for you. You should fucking tell on that shit. Done well, children. Fast forward 16, 17 years later. No, I, I, I get it, but like, she'll appreciate that later in life. Uh, apparently not, though, because fast forward 16, 17 years later, and she is thriving in life. She's a doctor training at a prestigious hospital, married for over a year, and now has a baby girl who's about 10 months old. Although we graduated at the same time, I've been struggling so much with my career. I'm left out of work, single, still living with my parents, and no husband, boyfriend, and child. Wait, so she she told on her friend who was cutting herself, and now her friend's thriving? Yeah, good for her. Oh, how's the rest of it go? Well, we're about to find out. Apparently, Sorry. she's butthurt that she's not hasn't gone anywhere. We hardly see each other, but when we do, she always provokes me. I feel infuriated on the inside. I wish she didn't have success. She's so mean and cruel and is always provoking me and holding it over me that she has succeeded in life. I don't understand what her problem is. Last time I saw her was two years ago and I wish nothing but the best for her and she was still being obnoxious. On the inside, I lost my nerve. Sounds like someone didn't truly heal but learned a different way of expressing their emotions and then cutting themselves and turned into a royal bitch. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. You think the woman writing the story is a bitch? No. No, the the, oh. the lady who provokes her. I think she oh. turned into a royal spoiled little... She transmuted all of that. She, yeah, she transmuted all of it into, into like what, work ego. manipulation? Yeah. Oh, yep. I yeah. can see that. At least from, from this perspective, from what I'm reading. Assuming that she really is being a, a royal bitch. Yeah. And this woman's not just... <laughs> being a little baby. So You're successful. You're a bitch. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like well, she's, she's, she provokes her and kind of holds it over her. Um, excuse the religious part, but every single time the thought comes back, I ask God for strength and to love her and others who have been unkind to me and to bless them. Nope, it's exactly what you're supposed to do. It's perfect. Yeah. But then in the back of my mind, I grow anxious. What if she becomes famous and achieves the pinnacle of worldly success and continues to boast about it to me? Chances are, if she's gone that far, she's not going to talk to you. She's probably forgotten about you, honestly. <laughs> I don't want to live like this anymore. It feels terrible. I've even memorized 1 Corinthians 13, read Romans 12, Psalms 37 and 73, Matthew 5 to 6. Nothing is helping me. This really upsets me. She's so terrible. All these years, we could have been friends. It's unfortunate. 
So she it kind of sounds a little bit like she's more upset that she didn't get a full friendship out of it and that instead I think there's two parts to it. I I she's definitely upset that they that they aren't friends, but she's more upset that they're not friends because she didn't achieve anything. She hasn't done anything. The comparison part is funny though because I feel like a lot of people are quick to be like, "Oh, they're so successful, blah blah blah." But I've met people who are like 40 and lose it all. Yeah, and I was going to say if she's provoking you, there's probably something behind her that is that's not going right in her life and that's why she has to rub this in your face because it's probably the only thing going right in her life. Yeah, behind closed doors everything else probably shitty. sucks. She might that's be usually how relationship. it is. She mm-hmm. might have a shitty just a shitty home life. She might I don't know, you know. Yeah. Sometimes people are like like look at all of the pictures and stuff that everyone has posted like, "Oh, they're they're starting a family. Oh, they just bought a house. That looks so cute." Oh, social media. But has... dude, when you're if you were actually living in it, you know, sometimes it's it's more it's so much more lonely than it looks. A picture shows a very different story than what's actually going on. And a lot of times the people who post the most pictures are the saddest. Mhm. Cause that's well, I mean, that's all they do. They think about how often they're sitting in a screen and how often they're looking at themselves and judging themselves. And oh, is this picture good enough? Is that picture good enough? And it's like constantly trying to pull other people's attention instead of yeah. doing things for themselves. Yeah, and it's like, why don't you just do what you love? And if you want to share it with people, then share it with people. But don't mm-hmm. do it for the attention. Do it because you love to do it. Yeah. And a lot of people, I, a lot of people fall in that trap. I mean, if I were this woman, I think I would just cut this other woman out of my life and just. Uh, you know take it as a friendship that's not healthy for me and find a good way to tell them and just be like you know I really I I'm so happy for you and all of your success and then just find a way to let it slowly fall off like you don't have to have that person in your life especially if they're constantly trying to poke at you or you can go the opposite way and burn burn the fucking bridge and call them and say don't ever call me again I don't want to talk to you I don't like your energy I don't like how you talk to me and one of two things are going to happen you're either going to burn the bridge you're going to be rid of that person forever you're going to be better for it or they're going to realize that they're being an asshole. They're going to apologize and hopefully they'll have a conversation with you and you both can grow from it. Yeah, because sometimes you do need to do the tough love and like cut people off. You do. The, in I order mean, you to haven't ever cut realize. me off, but you've come in and been like, all right, nut up or shut up. Like, figure your shit out or I'm out. You going to be a little bitch the rest of the day yeah. or are you going to man up? <laughs> you want to be a snowflake or are you ready, you ready to be a snowman? Do I need to have balls for you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would cut that person out of my life. There's I just would. some people who are toxic, and you don't need to have them around. It's okay. Your life will not end because of it. I promise you. Well, and you'll make space for someone who actually like wants to be there. Yeah. Okay, so this one says, Last week, my boyfriend and I were having sex, and I started crying. It was fine, and then all of a sudden... I don't know what happened, but I started breathing heavily and crying. He stopped and asked me if I was okay, and I continued to cry. He then just hugged me and wrapped me in a blanket and held me tight for about 15-20 minutes. He got me ice cream to cheer me up, but I kept feeling bad. I don't know what happened. There, The male in this is 23 and the female is 20. I don't know what happened. I think it's because he's my first and more experienced, so I got nervous and my anxiety kicked in. But I still think it's because I climaxed and it felt so intense, but I don't know if that's normal. Since then, he's been extra cautious, and whenever he initiates something, he asks if I'm okay to do so. How do I tell him that it's not his fault and I got nervous in the moment? This one goes back to communication, too. Completely normal. I think the more awkward you allow yourself to feel the more you're going to let that awkwardness emit into being both of you guys. But if you, if in the moment, if you took it as like, as just embracing that it's a beautiful moment and just communicating, like, no, it felt really good. I just hadn't experienced something like that. Then he feel, oops, sorry. Then he would feel 
more intimate and connected in the moment. But because you didn't communicate anything, you kind of gave him a blank canvas to work with of like oh shit what did i do wrong right he's did gonna someone make hurt you sorts of stories inside of his head mm-hmm. it definitely goes right back to communication yeah because i mean if you i mean if you, you have to look at the definition of, of what an orgasm is and it's a release of energy and everybody releases energy in different ways if you go to an ayahuasca treatment they're going to be people who cry they're going to be people who laugh they're going to be people who do nothing they're going to be people who see things and it's the same thing with with sex magic and mm-hmm. having sex. You're going to have an emotional release and it's not always physical. Sometimes it's and sometimes it's physical through tears. Mm-hmm. So and, and at such a young age, I mean, she's only 20. So to, to not understand that is I, I hope that she can learn in the future that she can. I mean, if you were that, that age, though, and your girlfriend started crying, you would probably think you did something wrong. I would probably react the same way that he did. Yeah. But I would be like, Hey, like, are you like, what's going on? Especially if I was 23 and I didn't understand, I wouldn't have understood. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if I would have had the capacity to communicate properly to be, to, to, yeah, to handle that situation. Yeah. I feel like bed, bedroom moments are always better to handle right away. Cause otherwise you're both just like, I, uh, what? Oh, it just creates awkward <laughs> tension. And, and like if someone farts and no one says anything, you both are going to be there like, uh, uh are you going to say, but anything? if someone, but if someone like laughs or something, then or it's just like, goes, yep, that was me. Then, then you like, transmute okay. the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, FYI, laughter transmutes everything. If mm, you're ever in an awkward position, just start laughing. everything will be better yeah that moment could have been used to to really be like a nice intimate moment you know yeah it could have really taken advantage of it very much so i female 23 broke up with my boyfriend my bf 24 mem Mem. (laughs) because he wouldn't tell his friend to stop sending him snapchats which i find disrespectful to our relationship I don't know if I made the right choice. I've I've had to learn this lesson three times now. <laughs> this is, this is a common one, you guys. Not every, a lot of a lot of guys have to learn this. Don't do it. It's rude. It's rude. <laughs> As the title says, my ex boyfriend is really close friends with a girl. Her name is Anna. She's twenty five and she's a female. <laughs> you gotta clarify those things nowadays. You really do, yeah. He also lived with her for the past two years, only recently moving away to be closer to me. But we're not living together. Whilst living with her, he slept with Anna's best friend, Bella, also a 25-year-old female. Wow, he's just a little... Bella. boop to boop For some context, my ex and I have a history of conflict because he hasn't stood up for me in the past in relation to situations where Anna has done said things to upset me. Made that mistake. He will fight me tooth and nail as long as that means avoiding a confrontation with Anna. It got to the point where I removed Anna on all social media and told my boyfriend she's your friend and not mine anymore. She's not coming to my birthday party. He clearly values his friendship with her a lot. My birthday party is going to be for me and my friends. Doesn't actually say that in there. I definitely added that. (laughs) That's fine. I told him that we can have friends who the other person doesn't get along with. Now to the issue at hand. Anna and Bella have been hanging out a lot lately. Anna has been sending Snapchats to my boyfriend of her and Bella going out partying or laying by the pool, etc. I told my ex I feel uncomfortable with this as I feel like Anna is purposely disrespecting me by sending those Snapchats. She, obviously, which is in parentheses, knows the history he shares. Obviously, with, obviously is how you're supposed to say it. 
obviously, obviously knows the history he shares with Bella and how uncomfortable that is for me. Yet, she is still going out of her way to share these photos and videos with him. My ex essentially dismissed my concerns by saying Anna is probably just sending them to everyone and he personally doesn't find it disrespectful. I had to learn that mistake. You don't say that. I asked if he would ask Anna. And no, she's not just sending them to everyone. They're going right to you, buddy. I asked if he would ask Anna to stop and he said doesn't want to as he feels that will ruin his friendship with her. Her, he also... Friendship or the relationship, my friend! Yeah, right? He also said if I was going to get this upset just over a few photos and videos, he would just stop telling me when she sent them. Just let you... He's just digging <laughs> a little, little hole here, isn't he? Digging a grave. One foot at a time. He's at like five feet right now. One more foot and he's done. <laughs> I then broke up with him. Cool, nope, that was six feet. I've always felt like he couldn't set boundaries with Anna, and the fact that he blatantly said he was just going to start lying by omission to me sealed it. I can't help but feel like we should have spoken about it more and seen if we could have fixed it or reached a compromise. Did I do the right thing by breaking up with him? I think she did the right thing because he was just going to continue to gaslight her. Yeah, I mean, you could always pull what you did. I mean, well, obviously, I still wanted to fight for you because we're still here, and I, I cut those relationships off and I stopped doing that. He clearly does not want. I'm sorry, but deleting your Instagram is not cutting those relationships off. Well, I unfollowed everybody and I... That's not cutting those relationships off. It's close. No, it's not. It's close. No, it's not. Ah. You're adorable. And that's why we are in the situation we are. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I still have some growing to do. (laughs) I think she did the right thing. I think that the fact that he said to her that he would just not tell her when she sent him pictures is a complete gaslighting move. And if that's the case, then you guys are better off being friends and not being in a relationship. Because to me, if, because I think I told you this too, like if you're deleting all of your apps, but you're not making the effort to be like, Hey, I'm in a relationship. Don't send me this shit. Right. Then you're not cutting it off. You're leaving it open and it's fine. Like, you know, it's your life. Decide what you want to do. I don't think that women should ever give the ultimatum of you can't talk to her. No, you can absolutely talk to her. But if you're talking to her, I don't want to be here. Right. And, and you know, like, I don't think that's an ultimatum. That's you setting your boundaries. That's you respecting your own dignity, respecting your own. Absolutely. Your own energy, your conserving own all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that because, like, I get pissed at you when you're like, I deleted it. I deleted the app. Fuck you. As soon as you open the app, if she wanted to message you, it will still be there. So what is delete the app? You're basically saying you don't have enough self-control or you don't want to ruin the friendship. But to a female in a relationship, if you're just saying, I don't want to ruin the friendship, you're basically saying, I want to keep this back door open. Right. Like, that's what you're telling them. So I think she did the right thing. I agree. He didn't want to shape up. Boot him. Boot him. Dude, those apps will kill you. Yeah. If you want to be in a relationship. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like these days most people are just going to be jumping into open relationships and not having relationships because we're all so, like... Jaded. Yeah, we're all so jaded and, like... Yeah, can... most of us don't really want... Like, we want to start a family, but we don't. No one can afford to start a family. Yeah, for real. But, yeah, I would say that's probably one of the things that got us to the most... M- the most to where a relationship is at not saying that you ever did anything wrong like being on all of those apps but just the the lack of being able to stand up for our relationship 
I would say that if but, you're yeah, the, la- the lack of ability to burn bridges for the better sake of our relationship. But it's not even burn bri- bridges. It's set not boundaries. Yeah, it's just set boundaries. And I think a lot of guys are so afraid to just flat out say like whatever. I think they don't want to, or I don't know what it is actually. I do. I don't know how to describe. It. I don't know how to put it into words. I think guys do see it as burning a bridge. It's like, if I stand up for my girlfriend in this moment, then that ruins the possibility of having this person later. You know? For some guys, yeah. That's, that's def- I, I don't think it's quite as drastic as that sounds or quite as like harsh as that sounds. I think there's a... There's that's a, how it feels to females. I get that. I, I and That's why I'm having trouble putting it into words because that's that's the best way to describe it. But it, it from our perspective, it doesn't feel that harsh or seem that... It's softer. But it's like if you fl- if you flip the roles, though, for females, like if I was in your shoes in a work environment, like it's almost like I'm expected to shut guys down. No, I've never seen that. But we worked in the restaurant and she was used to guys hitting on you all No, the I'm not time. saying for you. Like you're a unique individual. I'm saying in normal yeah. dynamics, I would, I would it is expected that. for the female to, to, to shut it down. You know Real what I mean? Quick, yeah. But it's not ever expected for the male to shut it down or the male does what you do and just deletes the apps. Yeah. You feel attacked, I'm sorry. It's okay. I do feel attacked, but I, it's, you know, it's something I haven't done. And it's. I mean to attack you. No, you're good. I didn't pick that one for attacking purposes. I know you didn't. Because <laughs> the last conversation we had about it went a whole lot differently. What do you mean? When In you a brought it up. Good way me, or a bad way? I don't remember. Oh. Maybe it was bad. Maybe I didn't like the conversation I had last time with that either. I don't think you did. I don't think you liked this one because it was a little bit of like, ooh. And I was like, ooh, that's good because I know everyone's gone through that. (laughs) Just me. (laughs) Do some of you crave social interactions, but then after a few moments of actually socializing, get exhausted and want to be by yourself? Even the thought of having to interact with a handful of people for the majority of the day and the next gets me exhausted all day. I am an ambivert who leans towards the extroverted side. So I don't entirely understand that. I can usually last at least a few hours, even if I don't want to. There are certain people, though, that you get around that drain you almost immediately. Yes. Oh, but yeah. You know when oh, it happens. I know what happens. I shell up. I get really quiet. And I don't want to talk and I don't want to be there anymore. I'm like, I'm ready to go home. I think that's I think it kind of works like that for everyone. It's important to to recognize, like when you leave those situations, if you feel drained. Oh, yeah. Who were you with? What were you guys talking about? Were you gossiping? Was it people who are all negative? Like. Because sometimes that doesn't have anything to do with you and your personality and how your social interactions are. It's just the people that you're choosing to be around. around. Yeah. Because like if you wanted to go out and be social, say you went by yourself, but you went somewhere where there was a lot of people, that might be invigorating for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, so find different ways, but it might just be the people you're hanging out with. For real. Um, This one's kind of along the same lines. It says, I'm super lonely, but whenever I interact or hang out with friends, I feel even worse, empty, and lonely afterwards. I would say that I'm generally an introvert who definitely needs alone time to recharge sometimes, but I also like to meet people and can be very open and active when I do. Recently, I've been feeling very lonely due to the lack of really close friends I can depend on. I have a few loose friends and friend groups that I sometimes hang out with. I usually really enjoy hanging out with them, but I feel so bad afterwards. It's weird. Like one time before COVID was so bad, I invited a small group of friends to my place. I think he, I think we had a great time and I enjoyed it a lot, but after, but they left really early. And after 
they left, I felt so empty and ten times lonelier than before and suddenly started crying on the spot. I also recently met a friend and we even talked about more personal stuff, but I also felt extremely sad and depressed afterwards. I don't know what's the reason behind this. Sometimes it makes me want to give up on building friendships if they are only going to make me feel worse. Maybe it's because I'm so starved for human interaction that nothing can fill the void. Maybe my expectations are too high and I get disappointed, but I don't even know what exactly it is I want and what it is that makes me sad. Does anyone else feel this way or have you figured out what's behind it? If my first thought was that she wasn't being heard, but then she had that interaction where she said she got to share more personal stuff. And I was like, okay, well, that's at least a chance to unload. So hard to say. It makes it makes me want to think they're from Seattle. My thought <laughs> after your friends leave, instead of focusing on what it is your friends had said, I wonder if this person is focusing on what it was they had said. Because it goes back to being selfish and focusing on just yourself. Right. You're feeling lonely because you didn't really interact with anyone. You were only thinking about your responses you're only thinking about what you, you had really input in. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you didn't really, well, you can you can only get out of anything what you put into it, and obviously you're always going to get more out of it than what you put into it. But if you're not putting anything into it, and you're kind of being, it's almost like they were looking to have their friends give to them energy. Very much so. But they, it doesn't sound like they were wanting to pour into them their friends at all. But there was there was no. It was like an electric circuit that had a misconnection because it wasn't giving energy back in. Or it's like a little sad potato sitting in the corner. Like, someone pay attention yeah, to me. I'm here, but I'm not going to say anything. It goes back to that communication. But it sounds like they were communicating. I just think that it's but self-centered. But were they communicating the right things? And were they communicating in a group dynamic? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think a lot of times when you're getting stuck in depressions, it's so important to ask yourself how much your thoughts are consumed with just you. Because sometimes it just takes thinking about investing or being more curious about someone like it's it's sometimes it's hard to make small talk but you can come up with questions you can come up with compliments and you know what if you're not good with small talk then fucking go to the deep talk ask the hard questions ask the weird questions just fucking go for it has anyone seen any cool alien videos there's something out there you guys got any good conspiracy theories that have been thrown around lately my favorite friends are the weird friends the ones who say random shit at yeah, random times. Exactly. So yeah, I would say, but I, I would definitely say if you're feeling this way, ask yourself how much you're focusing on just you and your words, what you talked about. Do you remember what anyone else said in the conversation? Because if you don't remember what any of your friends talked about or anything that they tried to communicate, then you're, you're in your head attention. and that's why you're feeling this way because exactly. you're just in your you're head. Not being present. Mm-hmm. I oftentimes feel invisible, like no one sees me and no one cares, no matter what I do. I know this is probably my mental illness talking. Hi, I suffer from bipolar and have narcissistic tendencies. But at the same time, I feel like it's more than than just my mental illness. I have te tested this out for many years and no one cares about me. I have, I have gone radio silent on many people and they don't care. Yes, I have put an effort into others, but it just hurts when it's just me putting an effort. And due to this, I am honestly put off on getting close to people because I don't want to keep finding myself in one-sided relationships. Literally, no one reaches out to me and I don't understand why. This is very much how I have felt in high school I legitimately thought I was invisible because for one I was quiet and so being the shy kid like everyone just assumes that you don't talk about anything and you're weird and then 
in other parts of my life, I think just because I look young and I'm a girl, like some people just won't take what I'm saying serious or they think that like the knowledge that I have is like inaccurate or something. I've had that same issue. Like, you know, when you're like talking to people and they basically just look they just write you off. through you, like yeah. you can tell they're just waiting for you to be done talking. That was high school for me, being the principal's kid, especially, and being weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't quiet. Everybody knew who I am, but it was a small private school. Yeah, but honestly, I think this is a common, a common feeling. I think that Very common. a lot of people do feel this way often. I think one of the best things you can do to get away from it I was feeling this way so I started a podcast because I'm like well like no one wants to instigate conversation with me I will instigate conversation with myself and to be honest it does fill the void it does make it to where I feel more connected I have an area for other people who are interested in the same things that I'm interested in I've basically been able to make a network of like-minded people for myself when you're also kind of killing two birds with one stone because at the same time especially not recording live you're basically journaling for yourself you're able to speak your thoughts and organize your your thoughts and get it out both audio and able to start commu- questions and comments on the part that you leave in the edited version yeah but yeah i would say if you're feeling this way you're you need something in your life you need something in your life and it's not the people it's not the individuals that are going to fill that space you're it's looking something for something deeper you yeah you're looking for something deeper but it's something that's just you related so you need to find something that you can dive into for me i'm starting to to I, I, my mom got me a guitar for Christmas, and so that's been phenomenal for me. Music therapy is phenomenal. If you can get any kind of instrument and take the time to practice daily and learn it, it will do absolute wonders for you. Mm-hmm. Hey, your answer might be yes, but it's a little worse than it sounds. Me and my friend are really close. We take care of each other, though this past month I was the one taking care of them. They have depression and a few other disorders. They seem distant right now, but getting a little better. Sadly, this time I needed a break. I'm feeling really suicidal and I'm not telling them it because they are going to worry and blame themselves. It would help Noon. There's no space in there. Noon. Noon. No one. I have been receiving support from a few Redditors and a friend, but it just doesn't feel the same. I want them to know, but I just can't. I want them to care. They are the only person who understands me. If anything, I just want to say last goodbyes or even hope they're going to be the one who saves me. All I need is to talk to them and it's and it hurts. Should I tell them or not? <laughs> <laughs> and it hurts. It hurts. And it hurts. Ugh. So wait, they're suicidal and they don't want to tell anyone? No, they don't want to tell that one person. They, they, it sounds like they've talked to people oh. on Reddit and they talked to one other friend. So, so they're, they're, their they're friend is suicidal and then they are also feeling that way, and so they don't want to create a suicidal circle. We don't know if the other person is feeling suicidal, but we know they're depressed and have other disorders. Oh, okay. So friend doesn't want to make it all about them, because they know that their friend has more their, problems. Their friend will take it personally. Yeah. And and will be an emotional wreck, because they're thinking emotionally right now. But the good news is they have gone to other people. They have talked to other people. And, I, you know, at this point, that's all you can do, is that they're... Billions of people on this planet. I guarantee you there's at least one, two, or three other people who will understand you, who will listen to you, and who will hold space for you. Please don't limit yourself to one person. If If you're in a relationship like you and I are, and we know that we have dedicated ourselves to each other, to growing with each other, to living with each other, to loving each other, then that's that's different. But if this is just your best friend, 
and they can't give you what you need, I promise you there are other people out there who can give you what you need, but you have to you have you have to do it for yourself. No one's gonna sit there and hold your hand and do it for you. You you have to go out and find those people. I don't think, but I think that what they're saying is that they want to have this connection with their friend, but they don't want their friend to think that they're making it about them when they know that their friend has other issues. I think you just have to understand that it may just not be the right time for that dyna- that part of a di- that dynamic of that relationship to exist. Well, because we've had this before where you're having moments where you're really depressed and I can't kind of, like, I got to kind of hold everything together and then... You know, it's like I can't have any of that dabbling in that because then you'll turn around and be like, well, I'm making you this way. So it's even more my fault. And I think that's what they're worried about. Exactly. Oh, 100 percent. Absolutely. And that's that's why I'm encouraging them. Find find somebody else. You think find someone else? It's like I said, it's not a relationship like you and I have where we've dedicated ourselves. We've committed to each other. It's a best friend. And yeah, no, but ours is like a best friend. And I think that ours is that way because I'm so persistent on like, no, like you don't get to sit here and be depressive and not allow me to have a time where I'm depressive too. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess that I'm, I'm, or that I don't mean to word it that way, but it's, no, no, no. I, it's that, it's that tough love coming back into place. But if you can't have tough love with them and are worried about them like that. No, that's not what I'm trying to explain. What I'm trying to say is the reason why our friendship is able to be the way that our friendship is, is because we don't shy away from letting each other know how the other person is feeling. So no, I wouldn't say go find someone else. I would say find a way to communicate with your friend because chances are they're not going to be like, well, shit, you're depressed and it's my fault. If you find the white, the right way to word it, instead, what can happen is they'll be like, oh, I'm glad you confided in me. Like, now we have these ways to relate together and I'm we can help too. each other Let's out. Let's sit and be depressed together until we get better. Not even sit and be depressed together, but well, at least you guys can find different ways to get out of it together. You guys can just relate, you know? Right. It at least... It- goes back to communication you can at least break the ice and start communicating and and build that bond back yeah i don't think it's good to avoid telling a friend your sadness because you're afraid it'll affect their sadness like i'm a sad person i like hearing people's sadness because it makes me feel more relatable if i had friends who would just stay away from me because they knew i was already sad so they didn't want to share sadness with me it would make me more sad because i would feel like i'm the only sad one Right, and it would also make you feel like those friends aren't as close because they're not coming to you in the hard times. They're only coming around when it's all sunshine. Or they're isolating me because I'm always sad. Right. You know, and I feel like you don't want to get caught in that. You don't want to make your friend feel like their sadness is too much for you. We all have a little bit of depression. We all have a little bit of sadness. That's part of being human. You have to, I mean, what's the point of being human if you don't experience those parts too? Yeah, if you can't have the balance. I've had to learn this this year. If like you can't learn to enjoy being sad for a little bit, you're never going to be, you're never always going to be happy. No. You're never going to. And you have to understand you're going to be sad sometimes. You're going to be angry. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be lonely. You're going to be heartbroken. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be bruised. You're going to be pinched. You're going to be upset. You're going to experience all of the human emotions as long as you're in this human form but there's beauty in all of it if you look for it exactly plus if you didn't have any of those then you wouldn't understand the other side and wouldn't be able to experience happiness and joy and love and compassion and nurture and all those 
Yeah. Yin and yang, my friends. Yin and yang. I mistook my friend's hesitancy for teasing, thinking I had consent. A while ago, I met a friend over a group chat, and we started talking quite a bit. I was about to move to another city, and she said she lived there and was trying to make some connections so I could feel, so I wouldn't feel isolated once I arrived. We called each other almost every day, and if if we didn't, we would text. We played video games online quite quite often, and we opened up to each other about personal issues that we had faced in the past. After about a month of us talking to each other every day, we finally met up, and she's honestly one of the best friends I have ever had. We watched Netflix together, chatted, made jokes, and all of that. At one point, while we were making sexual jokes, she mentioned that she doesn't really have casual sex with friends or anyone, and only wants to have sex with people who she's in a relationship with. She told me that she wanted she wanted me to know this because a lot of her previous friends have tried to have sex with her in the past. I said that that was fine and I was fine with just staying friends and that I wasn't looking for anything else from her. We keep hanging out and everything's fine. One day I get a text from her in which she bluntly and outright asks me if she could come over and have sex. I was hesitant at first given what she had told me and also due to her having suffered very serious sexual crimes in her past, eventually I obliged to her coming over. I did my best to take it slow as she was a bit shy at first and afterwards she texted me saying she was thankful I accommodated her by taking it slow and that she had a really good time. Soon after, she texted me saying she wanted to come over again. This time, I was a bit more comfortable with her and didn't hesitate. She came over and this time, I assume that because we had done it before, she would be more comfortable. When she came in and started making jokes about about her being a dominant in bed, and also about her liking to tease. We started getting into it, and at no point did I feel like she wasn't comfortable or wasn't enjoying or she wanted to stop. At most, she wanted to hesitate a bit, but I thought it was due to what we were literally just talking about, teasing. It seemed to me like it was in a playful manner. After we were done, she went home and later in the evening texted me that compared to the first time we did it, she felt rushed and that she hadn't felt as comfortable as last time. As soon as she said that, I apologized and said that I thought she was just sexually teasing me. She told me that she that she understood it was easy to make that mistake and that she should have communicated it better. I kept apologizing and she said it was fine and she was all right with it. And after a bit of small talk, the text conversation ended there. I decided to give her some space and time because I felt like the text conversation, oops, because I felt like such a dick. I felt like a piece of shit. Cut forward to about two to four weeks later and I text her asking if she wanted to hang out. She then told me that the last time we text, she lied and that she felt that I knew what I was doing and that she couldn't forgive me. She claimed that I was just like the other guy in the past who'd hurt her in a similar way and it made me feel sick and nauseous. I have a history of panic attacks and I think I had one right then and there. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but she, she straight just manifested it and, and repeated the same pattern that she's done over and over and over again and you can blatantly hear it. I opened up to her a bit about how some of my own experiences to try and empathize with her, and eventually we called and spoke. She told me that the past few weeks had been hell for her, and she had she had also felt disgusted about the situation. I told her that I could never understand how she currently felt, but that I hadn't been having the best of times processing it either. She told me that there were so many times that she had considered going to the police, and that there were nights where she couldn't sleep without 
having a friend over to comfort her. I still feel so disgusted with myself because I can't believe the amount of pain I had caused her just because I didn't take my time to make her as comfortable as I did the first time. It was completely unintentional. She assured me that she wouldn't report me, which is some sick, twisted way, is a relief for me but I just wanted to heal my relationship with her. I have no idea how to proceed. We agreed we might call and play some video games together sometime next week, but she made it very clear she didn't want to meet in person for a while. I just want to know if there's a way I can help her, what I can do. Update. After reading all the replies, I contacted her, and under the guide of my of my counselor, I told her that it would be better for me and her if we didn't communicate anymore to stay on the safe side of the law. I told her I cared about her and communicated that I wanted her to be better. I also got in touch with a solicitor who I will be bringing all of this to so that I can be ready if she ever does decide to do anything. I have screenshotted and recorded all of our interaction and we'll be making a full backup of all the data. This is a story that we should have read on our Toxic Femininity episode. Well, I'm glad that it's coming up now because it's a common thing. It's a super common thing because we just go back to the beginning of the story where she says, she plays coy and says, I don't really want, I don't have sex with just friends or just people. I only have sex in relationships. But then turns around and calls him and says, hey, can I come over and have sex with you? Yes. Bluntly, right out of the bat. And so, of course, he's going to be confused. Of course, he's like, okay. And for her to come over, I mean, that's... Well, that's, and he even expressed he was hesitant and she was being yeah. pushy about it. And he even said in there that he he knows that she has sexual past to be healed. And so there was hesitation there. Exactly. And for her to go over and, and allow herself to... But hold on. Like so, no, no, no. Because that the first time was great. So that was the right. time where it was good. It was the next time that she called. It was the next time that she came over. She, the next time she was upset that all of that time wasn't taken to... Which it sounds like, honestly, it sounds like they still went through quite a bit of time. It just wasn't as long as she wanted. It wasn't what she wanted. So this is where it twists and she starts being like, nope, actually it wasn't good enough. Well, and the thing that you pisses me, me off really is... really uncomfortable. And, and all of these emotions are coming in after you've been home for a while. So you're sitting at home festering on all of these feelings and creating a bigger story than it actually was. Yep. Meanwhile, this poor dude has no fucking idea that you're literally going through psychological warfare in your own mind. Crazy. No, it's not that you're back at shit crazy. Some women are. It's that you're not dealing with your own shit. And so instead of dealing with that shit, you are running to hop on a dick. Right. And by running to hop on the dick, you are not fixing your fucking problems. And then you're leaving there feeling more empty. And now you're going to take it out on this poor guy who has no idea what the fuck just happened. Right. You literally just hit him with a freight train. And now you're making him feel like he's a predator. Like, to me, that's fucking toxic. I understand having a sexual past that can cause you to have issues and all of those things and moments where you're extra hesitant and all of that but the fact that she can even say i know i should have communicated and i know i should have blah 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 and then turn right around i was considering going to the police no fuck you no fuck you that's that's complete manipulation don't hang that over someone's head i was considering going to the police no were you also considering letting me know how you're feeling in the moment because that would have stopped all of this right exactly calling me and not putting yourself in that situation in the first place yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, go buy yourself a vibrator, you know? Like, heal your... 
I, I don't want this to sound rude, but like we are responsible for healing our own sexual traumas. All I don't put traumas. on you any of my own sexual traumas. I don't think I've ever been malicious in that way. No. I, I overly communicate and sometimes that's a detriment, but <laughs> only because of how it's but perceived, it, but it's I guess. But it's not a detriment. It's, it, 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 I mean, it may be a road bump. It may be like a, a, a bumpy part of the road, but it's not detrimental. It's not going to cause a flat tire. It's just going to be like, oh, that kind of hurt. All right. I mean, you know, sometimes it blows up in my face, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and sometimes the pothole is bigger than we expect. But <laughs> still keep on driving. Dude, but if you, I, I just have to say, if you're a female, don't do this to young males because what's happening is you're, you're terrifying them. They are literally in a state of paralysis. You don't know how to react around. This is, this is why boys. Is it neurotic? And- is that the word? Yes, neurotic would definitely Like, that's neurotic behavior. And you can blame it on something that happened in your past, but to be honest, you're still behaving in that way. Or you can take responsibility and fix it. Exactly. And if you're still behaving in that way, you're still fucking coddling it. Exactly. You're still going to allow it to be there. Jordan Peterson had an interview, and it was like, why boys are always just going to video games now, and it's because of that. Because they're scared. So, you know the comedian Aziz? Aziz something. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a story that's exactly the same. And a few years ago when all of the Me Too stuff was surfacing, he had a story that he wrote and he was like, I had this situation. He's like, I feel terrible about it now because thinking back, he's like, being a man and thinking back, I, I can read her body language and know that she was uncomfortable. She never said a fucking thing. Never said a fucking thing. And I'm sorry, ladies, but your your body language cannot speak for you. You You cannot, you cannot sit in that situation and just choose not to say anything and then fucking tell them I was considering going to the police. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You are causing these issues for yourself and nothing's going to change in your life until you realize that. Until you change. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) and it's not to say like, it's not to say you caused this situation to happen to you. No. And it's not to say you're a bad person either. It's just to saying, Hey, it's time to mature a little bit. It's time to grow up a little bit. It's time to take responsibility for your behavior. Yeah. Like I don't have pity for it because there's so many times in my life where I could have chose to stay in it and have the me too story. Right. I fucking got my shit and got out of there because I didn't want a me too story. I didn't want that to happen to me. I didn't, like, my words are powerful enough. I'm like, if you're going to fucking hit me, hit me. At least I'm not going to be raped by you. Yeah, exactly. But you can't just be meek to the situation. No. No, you have to be assertive to almost an aggressive point. It's, I mean, it's your body that you're protecting. It's your body and then it's your mentality that follows. It's your body, it's your mind, it's your soul. Mm -hmm. It's everything. Because once, once something happens to you that's traumatic, where you did not have control over it and you feel out of control... It's so hard to come back from that and get out of that and get to a point where you feel like you can control and live your life the way you want to live it again. Yeah. Yeah. And don't think just because like I know sometimes, you know, you, you know, like you meet up for a date or whatever and it doesn't go the way that you planned. You're not just because you agreed to a date doesn't mean that you're bound. Even if you decide, even if you do decide to go home with them, even if you're already half naked in in their bed, you do not have to stay. Stop and say, nope, this isn't for me. Actually, I changed my mind. Like you can fucking say that. You can. And if you're worried that they're going to hurt you, put your Instagram on live and then tell them. Exactly. Like there are measures you can do to protect yourself. (laughs) In today's cybersecurity world with how many people are seeing things, 
it's almost impossible for you not to be safe. And but I'm for- so tired of people playing victim and being like, well, I was afraid to say anything. No, fuck you. Say something. Exactly. Say something. Stand up for yourself. And I think that's where the male energy in the world needs to be rebalanced is having people being able to stand up for themselves and having that backbone. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of girls out there who have beautiful divine feminine energy, but they're not in tune with their masculine energy and they get taken advantage of all the time. Yep. Yep. So it's all about finding your balance for yourself. Yep. Um anyway, that's just a few questions that we have or stories to tell Stories, advice, questions, jadedness. Jadedness. <laughs> our, our opinions on other people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did start something really fun for you guys. I made a little Reddit button. You can hop onto the website, which is now justpressforeplay.com. No dashes, no simple cast, no nothing extra. Justpressforeplay.com. Top right corner, you'll see all of the extra buttons for everything. We got a button for a board for Pinterest where you guys can do some more research on some of the topics that I bring to you. Um, I also have the Reddit button so you guys can go write anonymous questions. I didn't want you guys to feel overly uh, like you're exposing yourself or anything. So anonymous questions can go there. She's having a little puppy dreams. Is she? Oh, Charlie's Charlie's right here snuggling this whole time. (laughs) She's got a blanket, not her blanket. Hoodies, sweatshirts, go check out all the goods on our website. I will be sending stickers to all the customers, so go and grab those. Anything else you want to add? Live excellently. Cool. Prosper. Expect good. Yeah, honestly, actually, that's something my mom's always told me. Just expect good, you guys. Just be amazed at how quickly your life can turn around when you just start expecting good. Mm-hmm. Good shit happens. Last time I did that, I found a $100 bill. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> on a walk I did not want to go on. I made him walk. I was like, get your fucking ass up. We are going for a walk. And he finds $100 on the ground. (laughs) Fucking leprechaun you are. I really am. I'm one of the luckiest people I've ever met. My high school sweetheart used to be pissed. So I don't know how you always end up having just the right amount of money to do everything that you want to do. And just like, I think just kind of works out for you. I'm trying to get it for us. Imagine what would happen if I actually was like working towards something. Find $100 bills every week. (laughs) <laughs> you're done fucked up i know god i'm 30 now it's all fucking over it's downhill from here you guys what is life I've reached the peak <laughs> i'm gonna peak at 70 so i hope i never peak Honestly. all right guys well thanks so much for tuning in i hope you have a wonderful week we will talk to you next week please send us questions send us uh stories send us anything talk to us bye bye